the audacity of these oh. ex-challengers. <laughs> I really don't have anything after the audacity of it all. Hey guys, this is Ricky Hayes sitting here with Josh Karina. Uh, we're about to recap episode number 10 of Spies, Lies, and Allies called Infinity Stones. I mean, I'm sorry, Precious Stones. This was a great episode. We're looking forward to getting into this with you. And uh, here we go, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> guys, I, I just, I, I just want to apologize for for rick that that just i just i apologize guys look i'm gonna be honest uh we were having some technical difficulties going on uh this podcast has actually taken two hours longer to start than we thought so i've gotten <laughs> slightly more inebriated as we've gone along i'm really excited about this episode um like i said episode number 10 precious stones really an action pack episode and let's just go ahead and dive in yeah i it lots of action um but you know we we actually get a lot of emotion and a lot of insight into the challengers in this one which i actually really enjoyed kicking off the episode we we get a nice little look at amanda with her son and it really did as a mom touch my heart and everybody knows I'm not a big fan of Amanda, but it was really nice to see a different side of her than what we normally see on the show. Cause she plays this just, you know, the devil character and she plays it well. And so it's nice to see a kind of different side of her. And, you know, it was nice to see that she has emotions and <laughs> she is a human. Right. So we get to see the mom side of her. A lot of people have commented about that since the episode have aired. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on in the world? I'm starting to like or hate her a little less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's my thing. I'm kind of on that fan base of I'm not a huge Amanda fan just from previous seasons. But I was talking to Karina about this and the fact that we get to see a side of the challengers that we rarely get to see, not them playing a character, but who they really are and the true backstory and seeing just, and maybe it's a parent and being able to, all three of us are parents. We can project into that position and know how it is being away from our children and how tough it is. And, you know, so it's a bonding point and it makes me want to root for Amanda more and more with that being said, it leads us kind of right into the daily because they went through a couple of other ones, but we want to save those for a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we kick off the daily. We know that the last episode we left off on that cliffhanger of TJ, not allowing Corey and Bettina to choose new partners after they win their elimination. And then in the preview for the next episode, they had shown TJ approaching the challengers at the daily challenge and telling them, you know, and he says from now on, and then it cuts out. And that was the end of the preview, right? <clears throat> we also got a global report on Monday from Devin and she had broke the cliffhanger early online through the global report saying that they were going to individuals. However, I did find it interesting because I did notice, and I was actually talking about this with another podcaster on Instagram, that in the preview and at the end of the last episode, there were little flashes of the cutthroat sign. And I was talking to him about how interesting it would be if the game was going to turn into an individual game, but inside of teams, similar to how they played cutthroat, because they kept showing that, that logo from the cutthroat season. And lo and behold, here we go. Um, we get to this daily and we find out that they are running the first portion of this daily alone. They have to dig through some rubble and find a sledgehammer. And then they have to go and choose one of the three options uh, to get the code to go unlock their diamond and get to the second portion of the daily. 
So the first option that they have is they can look out over um, with some binoculars and decode to get the number to unlock their safe or their diamond. The second one, they had to find the box that would fit through the slot to get over the wall and then get their code and unlock their diamond there. And then the third one was where they had to scratch the paint off of the podium and you know, try to get their code from there and then same thing, unlock their diamond and go to the second portion. Yeah, I mean, I really like these kind of dailies. They're like mini finals in their own way. So they're really fun to watch to see how people kind of take the lead and who's ready for these short bursts of kind of endurance and working hard. And I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I found it really funny that Bettina had a hard time finding a sledgehammer in a pile of rocks. But with that being said, once she found it, she was on it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? And then uh, those three different stages that you could choose. I did love the view of all the guys holding the binoculars, looking off, trying to do math. That was <laughs> that was great. And then. Uh, well, and can I just point out really quick how absolutely insane? Like, um, I can't remember who got their code. That was um, I think it was. Was it Josh who got his code first? from looking out over the binoculars, I'm pretty sure. And then he tells everybody his code and then they're like, oh, oh, you know, oh, they're different codes. And it's like, well, duh, like, come on. And and I love Devin, I love him, but come on, dude, you know, TJ's not going to give you all the same code. Like, <laughs> you're not new, okay? <laughs> but props for Josh for trying to help everybody else out. He did not have to do that in any way, shape or form sticking to his alliance and whatnot he he tried to be like hey this is my code i got it try it yeah absolutely and you know props to josh for that i thought the uh the other stage was pretty interesting the giant lottery ticket scratch pads with the cutthroat insignia on it watching i think it was ashley and amanda just rub their nails back and forth on it just gave me the like oh you know and i think we're all making the same face right now so that puts lets you know where we're at the part i was wondering is because i said well let me rephrase that i saw online that i think it was either amanda or ashley said it took them a while until production said they could use a rock to scratch it and i was curious like why wouldn't you just use the edge of the sledgehammer that you were carrying that's metal? It's going to scratch it off, you know, but maybe production wouldn't allow them to do that. But, you know, then after they finish that stage, they have to make a short sprint to deliver their giant oversized uh, infinity stone. I mean, precious stone (laughs) to uh, one of three podiums, uh, one being a green color, a blue color and a red color. I think I did that in backwards order, but emerald, sapphire, ruby. Yeah. And uh, TJ sitting there waiting for him. And who was, uh, who was the first one to finish? Was it? No, no, (laughs) scuba Nelly. Oh, are you okay? (laughs) He praised the challenge gods there. (laughs) I know you do it, Josh. Yeah, I know. I know you saw TJ's face, though. TJ's face was killing me. He was just in there like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Just 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 put the gem down. (laughs) I love scuba Nelly, man. I am here for everything he does because... You know what? Even though it's over the top, it just makes the show just a little bit, just a little bit more fun. He creates, he creates content accidentally because you know that shit's not on purpose. You know it's just him being him, and it's yeah. just gold. It's gold every time. That was that was a pure instinct reaction for him to just like. <laughs> but I great. I'll be right Thanks there with him. Love. If I was the first, if I was the first one to finish, I'd be acting all stupid too. Right. Yeah. I would. No, absolutely. I'd be like, knowing that I, I'm not usually the one that finishes first and I finish before anybody else, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something stupid. Like I, I go through my moments with, with Scubinelli, but uh, most of the time I really enjoy him. He's funny. And like you said, it's in an accidental way. It's not even like he's trying to do it, which makes it even funnier in my opinion. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I love Nelson. I mean, Look, it, it, he's like a fine wine and he's grown on me over the years. Like when I first saw him on like invasions, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. 
dirty 30 i was like ah dude what are you doing trying to hit Derek? and then but like it seems like over these past few years yeah he puts his foot in his mouth quite a bit but nonetheless like going in for Corey, showing that kind of you know loyalty and even though he makes his fair share of mistakes just like everybody else in the house um and it's always 2020 hindsight because we're looking at it from the outside but nonetheless i Nelson's content is fabulous. It's it's really one of my favorite parts of the show, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so we we kick off the teams with Nelson, and then I believe the second one to get there is Corey, and he sends Corey straight over to the Ruby team, and he's like, "Hey, go to a different team. Let's work together." Corey's um, and Nelson's on Sapphire. Correct. Yeah, he sends he sends Corey to Ruby. I believe that's what I just said. Anyway, I don't know, but yes. So so Nelson is on Sapphire, and he sends Corey over to Ruby. Ed's standing around there trying to figure out where he wants to go. Um, you know, we get a couple of the girls in and then in comes the the real number one draft pick. Sorry, Devin, I love you. But the real number one draft pick and in, in comes CT and it becomes a battle of CT. Please come to my team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked how CT sat there and, and really kind of analyzed the situation because, you know, we know something's going to change in the future the way this show's been going and then with this instant change, I don't feel like kind of predicting the future here, but I don't foresee them going into the finals in groups like this. But with that being said, CT comes in, he really analyzes the situation. And I like the fact that he went with the team with Nelson and Ed, two guys that he's uh, not super close with, but can still work with and keep his eye on and has his, his people in the Emerald group has Kyle in the Ruby group. I think it was a really smart move, honestly. I just, I, I love the fact when, when Kyle comes in and he starts talking about Corey and the fact that that just kept going on throughout the whole episode. But, you know, it's just like, I'd rather be here with him on the same team so I can keep a closer eye on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was a little I don't know, man, I don't think that that was the smartest uh, choice on Kyle's part. And obviously we see that play out later that he ends up regretting that. But, you know, so we end up with our teams and our final teams after everybody gets settled. We have on the Ruby team, we have Corey, Logan, Kyle, Priscilla, Big T and Emmy. Then on the Sapphire team, we have CT. Nelson, Ed, Ashley, Amanda, and Bettina. And then on the Emerald team, we have Tori, Devin, Emmanuel, Josh, Casey, and Nani. So it breaks down. I mean, pretty much the Emerald team turns out to kind of be the big brother team. Um, I mean, they're looking tough. And then, you know, you got the Sapphire team that is just full of vets. They've got tons of championships just sitting on that team right there. So that's a super tough one. And then, you know, the Ruby team kind of ended up being a little bit of the layup team. I don't know, Josh, what what Infinity Stone are you rocking with here? Oh, man. So you asked this question on the page, and I, I answered with the blue heart and the green heart. But to put me on the spot, it's kind of hard. You know, you have, like, like CT said, you know, he, he couldn't go with the puzzle minds because they already had their three guys and, you know that's kind of what he was he was thinking at the at the beginning, but all the power is with CT's team, and all the minds is with Devin. I just I don't know. I mean, I I want to go with communication, with seeing what what happens in the next level. I I still want to go with CT's team um in the next next episode. I think they're going to pull the the victory. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with a team with six championships just sitting there, right? It was CT's uh, four and Ashley's two. So that's a really hard argument. And then you got Amanda, you got Ed, you got Nelson. I mean, you got some, you got some heavy hitters on that team. Uh, the Emerald team isn't a joke either. I mean, really, you got Casey, you got... Tori, you got Josh, Emmanuel, uh, am I saying that correctly? I don't want to butcher his name, but my bad either way. Uh, Tori, Devin, Emmanuel, 
Josh, Casey, and Nani. I mean, yeah, it's it's the brains of the operation, let's be honest. Um, and then the Ruby team did kind of draw the short end of the stick, how it all boiled down. But I think out of everybody on these two teams, or these three teams, I think CT is in the best situation because he's got allies on all the other teams, and he's on a good team on top of that. So he's really set up for success, especially with the new twist that TJ announces later, which we'll get into. I think it's it bodes well for him long long term. Definitely. So, you know, so our teams get set, and then TJ kicks them off on part two where they have to go and use their sledgehammers to break up uh, cinder blocks, break them down as small as they can, uh, put them through the grate to weigh the grate down so that it uncovers their diamond, gather their diamond, and run it to the finish line. Precious Infinity Stone. Oh, my gosh. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Well, let's at least be technically correct. They're not diamonds. It's a ruby, a sapphire, and emerald. Okay, so they have to break up the cinder blocks, and they have to break them small enough to weigh the grate down and uncover their ruby, sapphire, or emerald stone and run it to the finish line. Is that better? You are so good at this. <laughs> I mean, have I ever told you that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you know, so we see everybody breaking it down, uh, breaking down the cinder blocks and everything, trying to get them as small as they can through the grates. And lo and behold, Devin, of all people, you know, finds a loophole through this game, starts having the team get bigger pieces of the cinder blocks to just lay on top of the grate to weigh it down. And they end up taking the win. To quote CT, said, leave it to Devin to find a loophole to pull out the W. Yeah, exactly. And it goes to the old adage, you know, uh, work smarter, not harder. And Devin figured it out. You know, like Devin said, 12 hands is a lot faster than two. So just a really smart strategy. So Emerald team obviously gets the win. Um, You know, first daily for quite a few people on there. I think it's the first daily win for, you know, Josh. uh, First daily win for, was it Devin? I don't think Devin's gotten a daily yet. He has. He's got like 20 daily wins. No, I'm talking this season. Oh, this season. Just this season. Yeah, I think correct. it's the first win for Devin, first win for Josh. And because everybody else, Tori, Nani, Emmanuel, and Casey have all won one already. So uh, shout out to them for getting that first daily win of the season. And uh, then it goes into... Well, after the daily win, you know, everybody heads back to the house and, you know, we see the Emerald team head out for a little powwow picnic. Uh, I think that Tori even refers to it as a a green picnic and everybody wears green. And I think they even had like a a little green blanket and everything out there. It was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so they go out, they deliberate, try to kind of talk about which girls they're going to send in. And of course, you know, the the edit doesn't give us a whole lot of information as you're watching the episode. Um, you know, they kind of talk about every girl. Uh, Logan breaking Big T's heart um, after, you know, looks like he, you know, hurt himself, broke something on his body, too. So, to you know, shout out to Alan Aguirre, um, because that's where I actually got that line. So I don't want to take credit for it. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it Logan, yeah, he apparently broke things off with Big T in a physical way. From his interview, it kind of sounded like, you know, maybe he just isn't really, doesn't really want the physical side with her because he doesn't have those kind of feelings for her. You know, I, I personally didn't take it in a bad way. It kind of came off more like, you know, he wants to get to know her and be friends with her before he goes to like a physical you know, relationship with her. And, you know, I can respect that if that's really what it is. And if it's just that he's not physically attracted to her, then that's fine. Okay, great. But it just doesn't make sense because I know that they were seeing each other after the show stopped filming. So I'm like, maybe he just wanted time to get to know her more. I don't know. I mean, I want to circle back real quick because I think they did go through and talk about Amanda and Ashley a little bit more as far as like their relationship and all that. And it really is an interesting dynamic as far as how alone you can tell Ashley is as far as alliances go and that Amanda is her one friend in that house. And, you know, you can, it really sets 
an interesting perspective on their relationship, especially with knowing what's happened in the past with like final reckoning and, you know, Amanda taking that shot for Ashley and going down there with Zach when they were at that stalemate, you know, and seeing them kind of, cause this is their first season back on together and seeing them kind of without, you know, getting too much into a kind of foreshadow, maybe something happening the other way around. But yeah, I found it interesting that, you know, it's kind of almost Ashley's, I guess, way of paying back Amanda because she was going around kind of politicking like, hey, you know, don't send Amanda in. Send, you know, I would rather me go in over Amanda, you know, and this was even before deliberations and stuff, you know, and she did a confessional about how she really respects Amanda and she wants, you know, to try to help give her the best shot. And if it came down to her or Amanda, she would rather, you know, take the bullet and go down. And, you know, and so I, I really respect her for that. It's kind of like a way of being like, hey, you know, you did this for me before. And just so you know, I'm I'm willing to do it for you, too. And let me prove it to you. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. <laughs> Ones we can depend on. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We will never do that again, but. Sorry, guys. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and get yeah, right so... into into uh, deliberations. Um, it was one of the, I think, more undramatic deliberations that we've had so far. There was one line in it that I found phenomenal, and I think it was really the best part of the whole deliberation, and I will let you guys take that because I know you're both extremely large fans of this person, so go ahead. Ladies, let's fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love that intro by Devin, you know, I, and I know it was it was just in his confessional, really, um, you know, but he straight said he was like, you know, I want them to throw people under the bus. I want them to, you know, plead for them their lives like I want them to fight. Let it fly. And I <laughs> I loved every second of it. Deliberations go through, uh, you know, it's pretty much. It looks like it's going to be a rookie for the most part, the way they kind of go about talking back and forth. The highlight to me, uh, the secondary highlight other than Devin's line is the Ruby team was uh, trying to be like the Emerald team and the Sapphire team with the Sapphire team wearing all blue, the Emerald team wearing all green and the Ruby team all wearing red, except for, of course, Kyle wearing Oh, and Emmy? Yeah, yeah she there's wore two a of black them shirt. Yeah. She oh. Wore a plain black shirt. So two of them couldn't even agree. I thought it was just Kyle. So, but nonetheless, that was one way to sabotage your team. Don't wear the same uniform. <laughs> Corey was so upset over that. Oh, my God. Corey goes into his big spiel about being the captain of the team. And I, and I, and I love it. And he's like, I already know some of us don't want to be here, Kyle. <laughs> we can't even wear the same we can't even wear the same shirt yeah but my my favorite part of of that deliberation is they, they start to go back and forth everybody says their little little part and then you get to emmy and she pulls out a piece of paper and it's just like you're just waiting for this speech and then it turns out to beautiful and you got ct over here loving it and he turns to his little confessional real quick and it's just like all right it's not going to be her. Nobody's going to vote her in. <laughs> Dude, oh my gosh. So I, the whole time that I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing ever. Like she wrote a speech down on paper and she's going to read, like she's so sweet and so cute. And then all of a sudden I had a flashback to when Fessy did it and he got absolutely ripped a freaking part. And I'm like, this is how I know that people just don't like Fessy because everybody is like, fawning over emmy doing this but when fessy did it they were like no fuck you you're an idiot <laughs> all right so side note i'm starting to like fessy a little bit more just because of some things i've seen online like a cameo he did recently which was fairly amusing i i think i showed you guys both it anyways uh i'm, I'm josh gonna, is rolling his eyes at rick right yeah. now anyways i'm gonna switch it up real quick and i'm gonna bring it back because i'm i'm slowly hopping on this bandwagon of being an amanda fan this season and i really enjoyed the fact that she pulled the classic Corey. i got a kid <laughs> right so go back to our interview with devin and he's like you know i hate work or not hate i don't like working with parents and then <laughs> 
we started talking about it and they're like because they want to pull the kid card <laughs> and then what are you supposed to do you can't you, you yeah the like fuck you ass. button <laughs> yeah the fuck you button. that's what it was the fuck you button and they're just like all right i can't vote you in now because you know you just told me you have to do this for your kid and you yeah. know I'm, amanda's got a little bit more for going than just the kid yeah she 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 works in a hospital she's working the front line Shouts to her for that as as a as one of somebody on the team who is not an Amanda fan. That is something that is absolutely phenomenal. So shouts to Amanda for, you know, what she's done through the pandemic for I can't even imagine how many people. So shouts out to her for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Big ups to Amanda for doing that. To go back to my point before I was interrupted. Sorry. One of the hazes is is, is. Um, yeah, both. Um, she took a lot of heat beginning of the season on social media basically coming from her ex I'm like how could she do this how could she just leave a kid i'm like where are you where are you at oh wait you're not even with the kid the kid's with auntie <laughs> yeah so, dude that was wild so and and then he he just recently came back on social media again after the the the, the breakup or the socializing of uh of fessy to to run his mouth again on it i'm i'm an amanda fan have been um we have a split house here i am she's not (laughs) (laughs) but it's just she speaks her mind she's not afraid to tell you how she feels it 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 may not rub out all everybody the right way but you know where she's coming from yeah no absolutely and i think the thing is is like i don't really mind amanda too much on the show i think it's seeing that kind of character play out in ways that I don't think it should be played out in real life, like on social media and stuff. I just think it's a little too much. Like, you know, the what happened on that IG live where she just sat and slammed Fessy for an hour and like blasted out his sex life and just like all kinds of private stuff. Like, and I know people find it like funny and stuff, but to me, it's just like, that's a boundary you just don't cross no matter what. And so, like, it's little things like that that I'm just like, dude, like, come on. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's not cool to do. So I'm going to I'm going to jump in on this one. Here's my thing is we all have flaws. We all do things that certain people don't approve of. And we all have different morals that we live our lives by, you know, and we're all not going to agree. And and I try to walk into watching this show and remember that about 95% of the time we're seeing a character being portrayed. We're not seeing, you know, who this person truly is. And with that being said, and and sometimes we're seeing the worst parts of these people over a six week period um, when they're drunk and kind of prompted to have drama as we've seen. seeing, like I said earlier, seeing those scenes of Amanda talking with her kid it made me see her as more as more of than just a competitor or a castmate, but see her as a human, as an equal, as a parent and, and understand where she's coming from. Um, as far as all the other relationship stuff, I mean, you were dating Fessy. Come on, yo, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you were dating the Turkey leg of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dry dry turkey thanksgiving yeah gross but um anyway yeah no getting getting back to deliberation one last thing that i just wanted to touch on because i don't know if anybody else really picked up on this but did anyone else catch ashley trying to pull a bananas move by trying to downplay how good she is in the finals Yes. That was totally a bananas move and i freaking saw it as soon as she started doing it i was like that's something bananas does what are you doing ashley that's not gonna work (laughs) yeah but i think like you guys said ashley was was taking that bullet she was just trying to wiggle her wiggle her way out of it but when it all boils down to kind of wrap it up the house voted and and decided to vote priscilla into elimination and you know she handled it with grace i mean and and i give that to her like she really took it all on the chin and you know kept her chin up the whole time and i respect her for that you know she makes a big move as a rookie know it's gonna bite her in the ass long run but still does it and i gotta agree with a lot of other people that she might be the rookie of the year this year but anyway so they get into the they they announce uh, priscilla as a house vote 
nothing really else happens until we get down to the actual arena for the elimination. And uh, so Priscilla comes down, TJ walks out, and then TJ, once again, the dirtiest player that the challenge has ever seen, uh, drops, uh, drops a bomb. Yeah, you get to choose your own opponent, and that's pretty freaking exciting. I always love that that format. They did this in, uh, what was that, Final Reckoning, I believe, where they had the floors that lit up, right? And then the person who ended up getting voted down, they got to call out anybody who voted for them. And so I love that because it gives the person going down the opportunity to either, you know, choose someone they think they can be or to, you know, settle the score. And that's pretty much what Priscilla did. She shot big and she called down Ashley. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for that twist, honestly. And and like I said, with that twist is one of the reasons that I think CT set up good long run, because who's going to go down there and pick CT? And be like, you know what? I want to go against CT. Like Devin's not going to. Kyle's not going to. You know, nobody wants to do that. Imagine him being the house vote. Who you'd be scared to vote him in as the house vote, and let alone pick him. He, he, it's done. He's oh, he's, the goof's going. <laughs> nobody's nobody's gonna make CT the house vote, and nobody's gonna pick CT to come down there and face him. Yeah, no, nobody's going to call CT down. So this format is working out well for CT, although obviously we don't know how this may change in the future. Like we've said many freaking times, TJ is the dirtiest player in this game, and we know he likes to, to, to toss things around and shake things up. So it's possible that this format changes again this season. I don't see it happening because three different formats in one season is just a little bit too much, in my opinion. But MTV, you know, and Buna and Murray, they have been going big lately. So, you know, who knows? They might they might just totally go wild. But yeah, so Ashley gets called down by Priscilla and uh, they have this neat little elimination where they have to unbury colored tires from the sand and stack them on a pillar. And then they have to go and catch a color code and then redesign that color code with those tires. I just want to say real quick too, big ups to Ashley and Priscilla for both handling the whole situation with class. Like, Ashley didn't go down there pissed off like, oh, why did you pick me? Like she went down there like, okay, let's do this, you know? And I really like seeing that this year. I think that is so cool that like, especially like kind of shades of Ed, you know, when he knew he was going down, he's like, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. You know, so what I'm here for. Exactly. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. So after they go through the elimination, you know, obviously we get a couple of confessionals from the from the challengers going down from Priscilla and Ashley. And we get a really sweet moment with Priscilla talking about her mom. And, you know, I it really gave me another side to her. I was already really liking Priscilla. But again, it just gave it another personal touch and something that for people to relate to her on a more personal level. And I really, really love that they're trying to do that more. And I know it's easier now because there's not so many rookies that they have to introduce to us and give us information on. So it's easier to give us those little moments with them. Uh, But I am glad that they're doing that. I loved that moment where she, you know, kind of broke down and she cried in the confessional and talked about her mom and how much her mom means to her and how much she means to her mom. And I just thought that was a really beautiful moment. And then we also get Ashley, you know, breaking down in her confessional, talking about how much Amanda means to her. And, you know, no matter how much I may not like Amanda on the show, per se, it that friendship is something that you can tell is real. You know, that's one of those friendships that's like Corey and Nelson, where, you know, it's it's a real friendship. It's not just for show. It's not just for game. It is a real friendship, and I really enjoy seeing those types of things. You start off the elimination, Priscilla jumps out to a lead, but then it looks like she gassed herself because then Ashley just takes over. I don't know if she found a new gear, just went into beast mode or whatever, but she was just slinging those tires after that. Well, you know what? And I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, which was she – she thought about how she was going to do this. She approached it with a good strategy, which was 
you know, once again, work smarter, not harder is as far as like Priscilla kicking the dirt with her feet, like it's a smart strategy, but she wore herself out so quickly with that where Ashley was doing like, you know, the, you know, yoga and using her whole body to move the dirt off the tires. And then once she got uncovered, just ripped that thing out, like you said, just slinging those tires around and, you know, she's from West Virginia. So she's a country girl, you know, she's, she's not afraid to play in the dirt. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, once she got all those tires up, probably one of my favorite parts of the show happens. (laughs) Well, and, 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 you know, even, even before that, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're referring to and we'll get into that in a second, but going back to what Josh was saying about how, you know, she started to pick up speed and she, she took over the lead from Priscilla. I think that, Ashley was so into this elimination and the fact that people were cheering for her, even before helping her with the color code and all that kind of stuff. People were cheering for her as she was getting each tire. And I think that the energy from that, you know, it was fueling her in a way because that's something like she said in her confessional that she doesn't get normally on a season. She doesn't get the support in eliminations. And so something like that can be, almost like an adrenaline rush, you know, having people cheering for you in the crowd. Definitely. And we only see Bettina rooting for Priscilla. And then if you have everybody else rooting for Ashley, that's, that's definitely going to get you going. Yeah. My only question to that though, is how much of it was sincere, sincere rooting for her or just knowing that Ashley's going to be back in the house and they don't want to be necessarily on her bad side coming back, like Nani, Casey, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? So that was kind of my thing. Um, but like you said, going into it, you know, she gets all the color tires uncovered, has them laid out. She goes and stands in front of that giant pole that has the lights in it that are alternating between like the first, the fourth, the seventh, the third, you know, and she's trying to memorize it. And as she's going, you know, because it's a it's hard enough to remember an eight sequence pattern, let alone when you're getting the numbers in offset. Um, So she's trying to remember and she keeps saying the colors over, you know, red, purple, green, red, yellow. And she keeps saying it, and then you hear the whole crowd, you know, all the other competitors start repeating it, cheering for trying to help her. And uh, it was so repetitive and so awesome. Like, you know, our 10-year-old sitting next to us who's (laughs) on his cell phone playing Roblox, not paying attention at all. All of a sudden, we hear him start going red, purple, green, red, yellow, and it just cracked me up so much <laughs> it's like turn into like a little song over here now red purple green red yellow <laughs> you know that was that was so cool i like seeing the vets support her i know that some of the fans are upset about it i've seen a lot of talk of you know uh things like that shouldn't be allowed in eliminations it should just be the two people down on the ground who are you know going at it and the people up in the stand shouldn't be able to help Um, I, I don't, I just don't really agree with that. And, you know, I liked seeing Ashley finally get some support. It was, it was nice to see. It it definitely was for all the seasons that she's been on and not getting support. And basically without the lavender ladies with her, she's definitely targeted first and fast. She was eliminated twice in one season. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, they're deaf. They definitely gun for her. But I, I loved it. Like I said, I, I did that little collage of four picks to describe the season. We had Devin, then we had a, a diamond, and then I had the, the colored tires buried in the sand, and then I had Jim Carrey as the mask. Is You love me. You really love me. Yeah. Uh, imitating yeah. Ashley in her moment, and she was just like, oh, my God, they love me. They really do like me. And it's just like, well, they maybe like you more than the other person that was participating in the elimination because they, you know, <laughs> Priscilla gave it her all. She really didn't do anything to like piss anybody off other than ruin the vet's plan. And there's nobody else to blame for that except for Ashley. Had Ashley never said anything, Priscilla would have went light bulb and made that move and made it happen and ruined their chances. And then it was just, it was beautifully set up for them to meet in the elimination Either no, no matter how it ended up for to go from that moment, an episode or two ago to this. And it was it was a perfect setup. 
Well, and, and uh, real quick, just I just want to shout out to Priscilla because, you know, she she saw that she was behind and that she was going to lose and she kept fighting until TJ blew that horn. And I, that's the kind of shit that I love to see in these, you know, especially in these rookie challengers. Definitely. So, yeah. So obviously, Ashley ends up winning this. Uh, you know, Priscilla gets sent home and TJ gives her the infamous, you know, I am positive we will see you in the future, which makes me really hopeful that she is definitely on the good side with TJ, with the producers and everything, and that we will definitely see her on another season in the future. Um, you know, we don't often, I don't know if everybody notices, but there are little different variations to the way TJ says goodbye to certain people. And it's not often that he says, I'm positive. We will see you in the future. So I'm going to take that as a good sign that we'll get some Priscilla in the future. I just want to jump in on this. I, you're absolutely right with TJ as far as, you know, those little things and the perfect analogy I, I was thinking about this earlier was it's like going to in and out, like only if you've gone there enough and you really know, just like if you only have watched the challenge for long enough, you really know what TJ saying. It's like that secret menu at in and out that you have <laughs> yeah. to know if you know, you know, yep, you yep. know, as soon as, as soon as Ashley finishes though, and everybody's turned her on. I love the sand angels. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Your sand angels. That was so cute. She was so relieved. Oh, and I almost forgot this with Emmy calling her the queen, Ashley, the queen of the sand, Mitchell. <laughs> like that is a fire <laughs> nickname. That's like Game of Thrones style nickname. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that one was pretty good. I like that one a lot. But yeah, she she won. Priscilla got sent on home for now. And Ashley's Ashley four and five now in eliminations. She's what? Ashley's at four and five for elimination record now. So she improves her eliminations looking a little bit more solid to go with those two wins. So excited to see that. Yeah, she's got she's got good stats and she seems to be doing well this season. So anyway, uh, so she goes up and TJ again drops another bomb. Shocking. <laughs> She gets to choose which uh, which team she wants to be on. Does she want to stay with Sapphire and move over to Ruby? Or, you know, she can also take somebody's spot on the Emerald team. Pretty much says agency isn't safe from being infiltrated now. So that's kind of like really huge. Yeah. And how did she respond to, to Ruby? That's a no. <laughs> she said a definite no for Ruby. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> Oh my God. That was great. That was gold, dude. That was absolute gold. But I mean, was anyone surprised that she was going back to Sapphire? Like I I knew she wasn't going to Emerald. She's not going to Ruby. Like you said, hard pass. It's like Amanda's on that team. CT's on that team. And even she said during the show and, you know, she's like, oh, I don't know why, but I just wherever CT is, I like being there. It's like, because you won your first final with CT. That's why you like being around CT. Yep. Goodbye. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like like Rick said, she she heads on home to the Sapphire team to be with her best friend and NCT and, and the rest of the Sapphire team. And yeah, we cut out to the midseason trailer, which is just absolutely just blah in itself. There is so much in this trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I was reading through a couple reviews on it, one from Alan Aguirre and all that. But, you know, the main highlights I'm really seeing on this is, you know, and look, you can call these spoilers, but if you have eyes and you just watch it, you're going to see some hints and you use some just basic, you know, reason, you know, I'm trying to think of the word. That's why I'm looking at you. Reasoning. Intellectual. Thank you. Yeah. If you just use some basic reasoning, you'll understand uh, that, you know, it, it, that things are going to be changing pretty, pretty drastically from what we're seeing right now. But I did like the fact that you see a lot of headbangers, a lot of headbanger dailies. You know, you see CT Tori dressed up in pads, Tori screaming out, you bitches don't want to see me like makes you kind of feel like we're back in war of the worlds too. When she's, you know, just be Jenny in a hall brawl CT yelling at him. I just got so hyped by it. It was like, let's, Go. Definitely ready for it. 
Yeah, me too. I'm 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 stoked for it. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with the teams. We obviously see in the trailer that a few of the people have different colored sleeves or, you know, whatever on at various points throughout the trailer. So it's obvious that people switch teams at some point. So I'm excited to see how this is all going to break down and where everybody's going to end up right before we get to the final. And then Shoot, guys. I mean, what are, what are we doing? Are we running a final as a, as teams or is it going to be one of those, you know, as soon as we get to the final, it's everybody for themselves and, you know, first guy, first girl kind of a thing. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, and it, real quick, just to jump on a few things that I've seen that kind of really piqued my interest in that mid-season trailer. And because, you know, we're Devin fans here. So I wanted to point this out is um, the first one being when, uh, Devin and Amanda are in the club scene and they're talking. He looks at her and he goes, Amanda, you can't manipulate me. And I'm like, there you go, Devin. You know what's going down. <laughs> the second one in slightly, well, extremely more dramatic is him and Kyle talking. And it didn't look like that was a cut scene because Kyle doesn't have a lot of friends in the house like that. And him saying, if you vote me in, that's the end of our friendship. And I'm like, you can't do that to dial. Mm-hmm. that can't happen right you can't yeah. you can't separate dial that friendship can't end no I mean, just no. because he said no to being a godfather you can't you, you can't do this if people get a chance there's a photo of ct angrily looking through the door that is rapidly becoming a plethora of memes if you guys get a chance go check it out it's hilarious it's a great face on top of that, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys go check out the mid-season trailer breakdown by Alan Aguar. We'll go ahead and link it in the descriptions below. But yeah, go check that out. He actually breaks down the the mid-season trailer really well um, and gives a lot of detail. Uh, so definitely make sure you guys go check that out. Since we're kind of done with the episode, there was a couple of little things that I actually wanted to point out. And we actually kind of were touching on this a little bit when we were talking about Ashley in the elimination and everybody cheering for her. And it kind of possibly being one of those situations of, you know, just knowing that Ashley's coming back, but not necessarily cheering for her because they want her to win. And Ashley has actually put out a couple of tweets over the last couple of days since the episode aired. In regards to this situation, because she's watching the episodes and, you know, is feeling a little bit hurt by some of the confessionals that people she thought were her friends. And then, of course, we got the infamous tweets about the friendship bracelet that apparently Nani gave Ashley. And so she's feeling pretty hurt by this right now. And I just kind of like I'm wondering what, what you guys think about this. You know, is is Ashley taking this a little too serious and like not keeping that separation between game and friendship or, you know, do you think she has a right to be upset right now? You're right. There's the separation of uh, friendship and game. It's all about wanting to win, but it's also about who do you want to bring with you? I think she's more hurt at what was actually said, not that they don't want to meet her in the final. I, I think if somebody tells me that I can respect that, but it was the other things, the little jabs that I think hurt Ashley more saying that she's a snake, can't trust her, you don't know where she's coming from, you can't believe what she's saying. And to hear Nani, of all people, say that, you know, probably hurt her because she's been around Nani the most. So I, I think it was the little extras rather than, I mean, if, you, if you're if you saying, I don't want you back because you're somebody I don't want to face on a final, and that you leave it at that, I think there's a, lo- a level of respect. And her responses wouldn't have been as bad as they were or as intuitive as she wanted to be. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, almost like what happened last week with Nani putting in uh, Amber B. You know, and saying, look, you're tough. I lost the final to you last year. I don't want to run another one against you. You know, and and, and there's respect for that. I think it's a couple things, and I'm going to touch on them real quick, is I think there is perhaps some residual feelings left over from War of the Worlds too. I think Nani is upset about how Ashley got her out and how she went about getting, trying to get Jordan out and in turn getting turbo kicked off the challenge. So I think that plays a role in it. Also, I think Nani is taking a page out of Leroy's playbook from last season and seeing how well he did when he played a strictly cutthroat look, I'm done. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to win and Nani slowly trying to adopt that playbook and see how far it can get her. 
And look, when you've done, I think, what, how many seasons? She She's close to 10, right? Or over 10? Anyways, but once you've done like over five or six seasons and you've made a final or made multiple finals but haven't won, I can understand being like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to win. I, I need a win. I'm going to do whatever I can to get a win, and especially when it's a game that naturally includes betrayal, um, lying, you know, and all of that. So I, I don't really blame her. I just think she could have gone about it in a better way, like you said. Just really quick, I just want to confirm this is Nani's 11th season. Dang, that was pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty close. <laughs> you want to touch on the Devin Polly Twitter beef? Hell yeah, I want to touch on that. Bring it. All it's, right, it's, let's it's, drop it's it. It's blown up all over the place. Let's well, how about the little instigator herself go ahead and uh, start it off? Yeah. Oh, God. Come on, you yeah. little deviant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of tweets, <laughs> kind of caused a little bit of a Twitter beef this week. It was completely unintentional. I would just like to say that the video that I made and we posted to the Challenge Fandom Twitter, IG, Facebook groups everywhere. It was never really like anything against Polly and Cara, although it got taken that way by a lot of the fans. And so, you know, I do apologize to you guys. It wasn't ever like that wasn't me trying to attack them or anything. That was just me showing my love and support for Devin and me, you know, proudly announcing myself as a deviant. So anyway, um, made a little video, posted it, tagged Devin. Apparently, Devin had not seen the clips of Polly and Cara's interview or podcast or what, you know, he hadn't seen those yet. And so he saw them on our video, ended up making his own tweet saying the level of pathetic delusion some ex-challengers openly display is embarrassing. Just quit while you're behind. And this was in reference to Polly and Kara speaking on the podcast about how some of the vets and the OGs apparently have convinced the fandom that players like Theo and Turbo and Kara and Polly and Maddie and Georgia are all people who should be on the show, but they're not allowed on the show because the vets have somehow convinced the challenge fandom that people like Devin and Nani and Josh are better competitors and better for the show. So it was just little jabs being taken, um, but it actually ended up blowing up really big and whoopsie. I mean, it were really big. It wasn't just Twitter. I mean, it was Twitter. It was Instagram. It was multiple Facebook groups. Um, <laughs> admins. It's boiled into admins having beefs and I mean, they wrote an article on it on Medium. Yeah, Yeah. there's an article out about it. But so here's what I'm going to say is, look, not everybody is a huge fan of everybody else on the challenge, right? And just like not everybody in the fandom is the same, it has the same feelings towards every cast member. And I like to think I can look at stuff unbiasedly and say, hey, I might not like this person, but I can respect how good they are. And looking at Kara, she to me is like, top five player all time regardless of how i feel about her and you know she's top five paulie is one of the better rookies that have came out in like the last 10 seasons i would say you know one of one of the the better rookies my issue comes with the fact that you don't have to call people out by name and tell people that you're so much better than them like that's not needed like the greats never have to tell people how great they are. They just prove it. And you trying to diminish someone else's shine doesn't make your star shine any brighter. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you. I, I feel like I read that somewhere. Well, you know, just because it's a theme song doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> no, I think I read that like five times on Facebook today. Well, it's been an active subject over the last like 48 to 72 hours. What can I say? It, it has. And I feel the same way. And like you said, um, those people that Polly named that should still be on the show as a challenger, as as a fan of them, they should be on the show. Theo's not on there because of his eye. 
Maddie's not on there because of multiple, not just one, not two, three, three DUIs. Turbo's on there. Let's let's break this down. Turbo's on there because Kara was in the room where he wasn't. She told Ashley. Ashley told Turbo, and then Turbo and Jordan get into it, and then Turbo goes a little crazy with security. So, you know, Polly and Kara are to blame for that a little bit. The the first part of it. So, you know, it's on, it's on them. Yeah. There's, and that's the thing is that, you know, there's, there's, there's valid reasons for everybody on that list that he named off to that. They haven't been brought back, but even push that aside. Let's pretend that there's not, you know, or that it was other people. I, I just, I, I can't get on board with the, the, the rigging conspiracies. You know what I mean? It's just too much for me. Like it's I know that it's easy to get wrapped up in stuff like that, especially when, you know, people that you like aren't doing good or aren't getting called or like whatever. But me personally, it's just like it's just it's too much, especially when you like research the behind the scenes and how these shows actually work behind the scenes and the kind of stuff that they have to do leading up to even be able to film these things. Like, it's just too much for me. So it's that's more where my problem stands is like, why are we blaming the fact that you're not being called back on people like Devin as if, you know, and I love Devin. I absolutely love Devin. You guys know I do. He's like right up there next to CT, but he doesn't have that kind of pull. Like, what are you talking about? Well, and here's my thing. Like, come on, Paul, if you're going to call someone out, dude, you can't call someone out that has a better elimination record than you do. And has the same amount of final appearance. Well, no, he's got one less final appearance, but they place the exact same. You can't call out somebody who's done the exact same. Yeah, I get the daily wins, but how many of those daily wins came from War of the Worlds 2, where you're on a stacked team with everyone who's won a championship pretty much in the last 10 years? And uh, then didn't one season you had a redemption house? Yeah, exactly. Like people are like, "Oh, he's done three seasons." I'm like, "Dude, he's done two and uh, two and a quarter," because he spent three quarters in the Redemption House. Now, don't get me wrong; he caused waves, and I actually really enjoyed him in Total in in Final Reckoning, and I even enjoyed him in War of the Worlds one. Besides the Kyle beef scene, I think that was too far, but nonetheless, that's mm-hmm. that's their gameplay, and that's fine. And like, and in War of the Worlds one, he wrecked it with Ninja. But let's not sit here and say that he carried Ninja. Like, Ninja's no joke. She finished right there with Theo, Turbo, and Wes in that final. And she was Wes. the only woman to make that, Who'd that she beat? last part. She beat Wes, didn't she? Yeah. Well, what female did she beat? Oh, she, she beat. She well, she beat Georgia, but she also beat Kara. She also beat Kara. So, you know, that's just recent. And if we want to go even deeper, with what's going on over the summer over social media there's my problem um with Polly and cara they they hung out y'all know i'm a fan of Corey. how big big Real fan big. huge fan big fan so they hang out with Corey and michaela over the summer in in montana then you lead up to a couple of weeks ago Corey and uh, was it lauren have some beef on twitter and who's in mexico Hanging out with Polly, Lauren. Yeah, exactly. Lauren. I noticed. I noticed that so, too. How can you sit there and be friends with somebody like Corey and Michaela, who actually have beef with Lauren? That's reasonable for racist comments, supposedly, because I don't know all the facts about it. I heard it was uh, having to do with one's sexual orientation, and from from allegedly okay. what I read. It was it was bad. Like it, there's a reason why she's not on there. Like compared to in my in my and not to lessen what anyone else has ever said because you know uh, saying something that's against one's race or gender or sexual identity is just wrong to judge someone on that. But so that makes sense with what Corey said on his tweet. Then yeah, a good but, thing I didn't listen to people like you. Yeah, one thing that I. I will say is to me, it, it hit me different than what D said, you know, like I took it a lot worse, but everybody takes different things differently. And, and I'm not, yeah. 
I'm not the moral compass. Let's put it put it that way. I'm definitely not that person. But I. I'm just giving my perspective on this. Um, but you know, it's we could sit here and we could do a whole show where we just talk about Para. Yeah. I mean, we could really spend a whole episode talking about Para, just like we could spend a whole episode talking about bananas or CT or you know anything. And and I don't want to take too much people's time on this, but because God, over the last like what. 48 hours or so maybe maybe the last 72 hours 72. yeah there has been so much content that has been dropped on us and we got the announcement of all-stars too and i'm gonna be honest i was trying to not get hyped i was trying to go into it level head like ah yeah it'll be good whatever you know but i'm not too excited and then i started seeing the cast i'm like bro this is this is my youth all over again i'm ready yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see Nehemiah back. I'm a big Nehemiah fan. Oh, yeah, big ups to Nehemiah. Nehemiah. MJ, yeah, loving seeing MJ back. Happy uh, happy to see Darrell back. Happy to see Derek back. Always good to see. It, it's a solid, solid cast. Let's put it that way. Here we go, ladies and gents. Here's the cast list for All-Stars 2. We've got Brad. We've got Kahuta. We've got Derek, Darrell. We have Derek K. We've got Janelle, Jasmine, Jody, Johanna, Katie, Kendall, Latarian, Leah, Melinda, MJ, like you said, Nehemiah, uh, Ryan, Sophia, Heck, Steve, Tina. One Punch Tina's back. And then we got uh, Tyler. Ayana. Ayana. And then is that Casey Cooper I'm seeing right there too? And uh, Jody Weatherton and... Katie's John, back. John A. Kendall. Ah, I'm excited Melinda. to see Ken, Kendall and Melinda. But like you said, Leah. Leah's going to be good. Yeah. MJ, dude. I'm, I don't even remember the last time we saw MJ. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It really has. Same with, uh, you know, Tyler. I think last time we saw Tyler was Rivals 1, you know, with Bananas. Right? I'm really excited to see Kahuta. I'm really excited to see Derek K back again. Jody will be cool <laughs> to see. Uh, John A's looking fucking stacked, dude. She's been working out. She's been working for this, and it's nice to see. Katie never ages as usual, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> with that. Dude, I don't, I don't get it. Latarian doesn't age either, so it's okay. Neither does ne- Nehemiah. Man, tenderoni for life. MJ's looking ready, bro. MJ is looking ready, dude. He, he's. He's looking like he worked for this one as well. So that's really exciting. I'm I'm really excited to see. So we've got November 11th, All-Stars 2 premieres on Paramount Plus, guys. Don't get it confused this time. We saw so many posts and so many people confused on the first All-Stars. Like, why can't I find it on MTV? Well, you can't find it on MTV because it is not aired on MTV. Have to subscribe to Paramount Plus in order to get All-Stars. So, yeah, uh, make sure you guys do that so you guys can uh, catch All-Stars 2 begins November 11th. I just want to say shout out to the photographer for All-Stars 2 for learning what not to do with spies, lies, and allies and not all shoot everybody straight on face, face forward because it made them all look like shit. I'm just going to be honest about that. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about this is like, why are they over editing these photos? Like people that are on TV are typically good looking people already. Like you don't have to over edit it where they look like plastic. They're not doing these people any justice. Right. A lot of people have said that about these photos. Yeah. They're, they're very similar to the spies, lies and allies photos. Like, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at Jasmine's photo and like it, but doesn't even like look like her, you know, like it's just, it's so overly edited. Everything looks extremely stiff, like her hair, like everything. And so, you know, I, I like that, like Rick said, they learned to turn the challengers sideways for the most part. Like they do have a straight on one of Kahuta, uh, but they did learn to, you know, tilt the challengers to their sides And that way they weren't shooting them straight on to the face and just kind of really screwing how they all looked. But they're still just so overly edited. It's like, ugh, come on. Shout out to Brad's beard game. Have you seen that thing? It is A1. It's like a forest. He's always had a decent beard. 
That thing is massive, though. That's too That's too much for me. I'm going to be honest. If I had a beard like that, I would never stop wearing red flannel shirts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Staring into my eyes, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they're so pretty. God. <laughs> What's up, Challenge Fandom? This is your co-host, Karina, here with you. I just wanted to drop in and say thank you guys again so much for all of your love and support. You guys have no idea how much you mean to each and every single one of us. While you're here, make sure that you click that subscribe button and also hit that little alert button up in the top-hand corner. What that'll do is go ahead and notify you every single time we drop a new episode, whether it's our Challengers Unplugged or our episode recaps. Either way, you're not going to want to miss it. Speaking of which, we have Priscilla coming at you guys sometime this week. So make sure you're following us on Facebook and IG to get that date. All the best to you guys, and I hope you all have a great week. Make sure you catch that episode on Wednesday, and we'll see you here next Tuesday for our recap.